Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, everybody. This is Gilby Clark, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Hey, you out there. This is James Rivera. From Hellstyle Vampiro, yes, and you are listening to Talking Metal, and I am also going to be bringing you another Seven Witches record this year, I promise. All right, welcome to episode 924 of the Talking Metal podcast with Gilby Clark and James Rivera. Wow, 924, that's a lot, that's really impressive <laughs> i'm impressed and it's my freaking show so it's actually it's not true it's you know john astronomy still has a, a place in the show of course emily striegel my wife and these people on patreon are so important to it adrian cusick he is the guy who got us to 50 so adrian big thanks to you dane damage madison hatter seth b Alan Janssen, Hank Reeves, John Simpson, Hookney Jacobson, John Barron, Ed Ferguson, Denny Striegel, Patrick, Patrick Sabin, excuse me, Jerry from Salt Lake City, Blue Walsh 21, Victor Guzman, Glenn Watson, Joey Van Cherry, Gene Eugene DX, Sean Richmond, Mario Charance, Andrew Miller, Jeremy Weltman, Chris Riley, Johan Erdstrom, Stephen Rodriguez, Tommy Anderson, Gregory Muse, Kenny McCrimmon, Leo from Alaska, Brad Dahl, Dan Gerwan, Jerry from Long Island, Sam Soupy, Drake, Matt Carroll, Joe Ryan, Jason Seth, Stephen Saylor, Ron Keel, Jean-Francois Blah, Anthony Mackey, James Bennett, David Gray, Fred Roots, Michael Street, Mike Jones, Steve Hoker, John Bovari, and of course, our longest running supporter on Patreon, Metal Dan, and also a big shout out to Victor Ruiz, who does the bonus podcasts with me and is also a, uh, a supporter on Patreon, you know, chiming in and 
talking to you guys and helping me run the page. So always a big shout out to Victor, Victor Ruiz from the Mars Attacks podcast. So two little quick mentions. Definitely check out Yarg Radio. If you want streaming metal online, go to the App Store, the Apple App Store, and download Yarg. That's Y-A-R-G with an exclamation mark radio that app they just redid the app big props to these guys who run this station because it is now sounding great and the way that you can maneuver on it is awesome and all your favorite hard rock and heavy metal it's the good stuff they really do a fine job programming it highly recommended yarg metal or yarg radio is the app but it is metal the metal we like that is and Please remember to drink Dash Vodka, the smoothest vodka available, handcrafted, so freaking good. Dash Vodka. Ask for it at your liquor store. Order it. It is amazing. I drink it all the time. Uh, Emily likes the uh, vodka tonics, and I've been drinking some too, man. I, she uses the diet uh, tonic. I, I, I tried some regular. I never used to be a tonic guy, but... When you mix it with Dash, it's wonderful. Wow, such good stuff. All right, so we got Gilby Clark and James Rivera. Of course, Gilby known for his so much different stuff, but of course his stint in Guns N' Roses. And we got James Rivera of Hellstar. And don't forget Seven Witches, too. Great New Jersey band that this guy from Texas is in and has done some great work with. Um, he, well, I'll let him tell us about it. So here we go into the episode. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of talking metal. As always, you know, we, we do have commercials now at the top and those are, those are helpful and we shout out all our patrons, but remember you can just fast forward that stuff if you don't want to hear it. You really, you can. I probably shouldn't say that. I should probably want you to listen to our supporters. But, you know, when I listen to uh, Tim Ferriss's podcast, man, he goes on for like seven minutes at the beginning of the show with with commercials and plugs. And I, I jump through it. Uh, you know, a lot of times I hit that fast forward button. And that's that's the beauty of the iPhone or whatever phone you're using to listen to this. You have that little function. You can skip ahead. So I don't want to hear any complaints about the the patrons' names being shouted out. Mark, you have 50. It's just too many to read them. Tough, tough. We're going to have more, and it's going to get longer because we need you guys to join us on Patreon for that bonus podcast I do each week. Some people say it's the best thing I do, <laughs> the, the bonus podcast with Victor. It's because I'm off the hook. I'm not, I feel like, eh, no one's, no one's listening to this. You know, it's only 50 people or have access to it. So I can pretty much say whatever I want. Whereas on this, we have, you know, thousands of people potentially listening to it. I mean, thousands of people download it. I don't know how many of those actually play it. I hope a lot. And I hope there's some of you guys listening right now that will consider joining me on Patreon for support. $2 a month, man. That gets you the bonus podcast each each uh, week. And if you do a $5 a month pledge or more, you will get a Talking Metal t-shirt mailed out to your house or apartment or wherever the heck you live. So 
I'm so thrilled because on this episode, we have the return of some guests. I mean, you know, we had my mom, my brother, my friend Nick, and and his uh, bandmate uh, Renee from Reach NYC. And you had me ranting about the vaccines. I want you guys all to get the vaccines. That's all I'm going to say. Please do it. And, uh, you know, but now we have some guests. We have some guests on this episode. I'm psyched. Man, I'm psyched. So we're going to get into those interviews without too much uh, nonsense at the beginning here. I, I went online the other day and I bought a ticket, two tickets, one for Emily, one for myself, for a concert. It's the first time I've done that in like forever, guys, forever. Like what, 14, 15 months? Probably like probably like late 2019. I don't even know when the last time I bought concert tickets was. I still have some of them sitting around, but... Yeah, man, it felt so freaking good to buy two tickets. I'm going to go see Jordan Rudis from Dream Theater. He is doing a gig literally down the street from my house at SOPAC in South Orange uh, Theater. And I'm supporting the theater because I know they've been really, really hit hard through this COVID thing. And I'm supporting Jordan because he's out there doing this. And, and this is this is great. It's time. You know, and he's doing it smart. It's it's socially distanced. They're only selling 100 tickets in this massive theater. And then they're streaming the rest of the concert. And he's just up there by himself playing. You know, so I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I know um, the musicians are hungry to play. And us fans, we're hungry to to hear their music. I'm, I'm really excited. What I'm expecting is he's going to do some instrumental versions of Dream Theater songs, but I'm hopeful and I, I am quite sure he will also do some some cover songs, which I think would be fun. And we need uh, that rock and roll and heavy metal back in our life, even if it's done, <clears throat> you know, on a on a jazz piano style <laughs> or classical piano style uh type of setup but uh or or i guess he, i don't know if he's doing a keyboard or what but i think i think it's gonna be really really special and i'm looking forward to that next saturday night if you live in the area let's go man i bought tickets just a few days ago they were still available and you know it's uh let's see it's 30 bucks each each ticket was 30 bucks and it's a great cause man so pack great theater here in my sister town of South Orange. I live in Maplewood, New Jersey. South Orange is right next door. We share school districts with them and a lot of uh, public works, if you will. Cool. So also, man, I just watched Brian Johnson. He got on stage with the Foo Fighters at this, you know, vax vaccination, drawing attention to, to the vaccination and encouraging people to get the vaccine. He stepped on stage with the Foo Fighters and did Back in Black. How awesome was that, man? I mean, you know, Brian. Brian's a little bit older. Sure, maybe he doesn't quite hit hit every note like he used to, but it was magic. Wow, so much fun, so much props to Dave Grohl and the Foos and and Brian Johnson for for doing that. Just awesome. If you haven't seen it, you can check it out. It's up on Blabbermouth. Yeah, and uh, of course, I have to mention Tawny Katane. I never met Tawny. I, I tried to interview her and didn't get a response a number of years back, but was always a fan of, of you know, what she represented, you know, in music videos, White Snake and her rock and roll vibe that she had. I was also a fan of a movie she did called, I think it was called like Witchboard or something. It was the guy from Days of Our Lives was on it. Steve Patch. Remember that guy used to wear a patch over his eyes? He was on it. 
Uh, yeah, it's an underground movie, but actress was on in WKRP, right? The reboot of that, and was in Bachelor Party, I believe, with Tom Hanks. So Tawny Katane, 59 years old, far too young to, to leave us, but definitely an iconic image, if you will. You know, her, her look and her, her, her beauty, uh, an iconic part of hard rock, you know, definitely, for sure. I mean, when you think of the video vixens, who are the two you think of the most? Probably Bobby Brown and Tawny Katane, right? So there you go. Tawny Katane has left us. May 20th, we will be doing another Talking Metal live stream. I hope you guys can join us on our YouTube page, which I don't know if I went into it here, but our YouTube URL got hijacked by somebody for a while. But luckily, we own the trademark to Talking Metal, and it has been returned to us. So we are back as YouTube.com slash Talking Metal and uh, yeah, mess with us, man. We got the trademark. So if you want to decide you're going to do a show called Talking Metal, you're not going to do a show called Talking Metal because this is our show. It, John and Astron- Astronomy, a.k.a. you know Ostrowski, and I own the trademark for it. And we have since like 2006 or seven. The show started in 2005. You can check me out on TalkingMetal.com. That's where all these podcasts are posted. And also at markstriegel.net, M-A-R-K-S-T-R-I-G-L.net. Check those sites out for for the stuff I'm up to. And yeah, man, it's been busy. The family, we're going to be moving tentatively. We're trying to sell our house and buy this other house. It has a little bit bigger property. Um, and we, you know, we don't even have a backyard now. So I want a backyard for my, my, my kids. Half their childhood's already gone, you know, or more than half their childhood, 10 and 12. And I, I want a yard for my dogs too. So, so that's the plan. And so it's been really keeping me busy. And I'm, I'm working a day gig, TV gig right now for A&E, which is cool. Always happy to make some income in, in the TV production business. Uh, doesn't pay what it used to but it still pays decent so i'm i'm thrilled to be working and really loving this job i think it's it's a lot of um, i don't know fun's the word but it's yeah man it's fun I'll, I'll, I'll say that it's fun it's hard though too you know it's tough work but thrilled to be working for a and e i've done work for them before and thrilled to be back in the a and e family and that's it. Let's get into our first interview with Gilby Clark of Guns N' Roses fame. He's got a great new record out, and he's going to tell us about that right now. Some really impressive people playing on the record with him. Let's do it. Gilby Clark here on Talking Metal. Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and we are talking with the one and only Gilby Clark. He has a great new album out that I've been listening to all day. The Gospel Truth, right, Gilby? Uh, the Gospel Truth. <laughs> right on, right on, man. And, and the songwriting, really amazing. The playing, really amazing. But I want to start off talking about the production on it, because it's got such a rich, full sound. And I'm reading that it was recorded at your own studio. Is that correct? Can you tell us about the studio and, and how you get just this really <laughs> encompassing, warm sound, organic in a way? Thank you. Thank you. Because that really was what I was trying to do. Um, 
I'm lucky that I have a real professional recording studio in my house. You know, it's two rooms. I have a tracking room. I have a control room. I have a Neve board, 16 channel Neve board. I have everything that I used back in the day when we were spending a quarter of a million dollars to make a record. Right. So right. the only difference is we are on Pro Tools, but I have all the good stuff going in. I have all the good stuff going out. More than anything, in today's record making process, basically you record something and then you polish it. You know, you use all kinds of plugins and blah. I don't do that. I start with a good guitar, a good amplifier, a good microphone, a good preamp. I keep it simple. You know, it's a, it's a, and it's a real guitar, a real amplifier, a real microphone. You know, it's it's not an emulation. So I listened to a lot of great records before I started this process because since I hadn't made a record in a long time, I really wanted to do what I do well. I didn't want to experiment. I didn't want to say, oh, let me make a record that's, you know, going to be a 2021 record with what's current today. I leave that to the people that are good at that. I, I right. know what okay. I do well, and that's what I'm going to do. So it's raw. There's left guitar, right guitar, two different guitars, you know, um, I worked hard on the lyrics. I worked hard on the arrangements. And I'm lucky I have some great friends that are talented that contributed. <laughs> right on. And I do want to talk about some of the lyrics and, and the actual songs. But first, let's talk about who is on the record with you. The Gospel Truth. It is on bass, Muddy Stardust, right? Is he playing bass yep. throughout the whole album? No. So what's no. wonderful for me about making a solo record is, you know, I don't have to just have one drummer and one bass player. You know, uh, to me, it, it's it's a fun process when I make my records. Look, you know, Muddy Stardust, Sean McNabb, EJ Curse, talented musicians. They easily could have played the whole record. Kenny Aronoff as a drummer could play the whole record. But that's what's fun for me is picking the guys for a certain song and, you know, in a certain texture. So I had Kenny Aronoff played drums. Uh, Matt Starr played drums. Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction played drums. Jorma Vic from Eagles of Death Metal in the Bronx played drums. Morgan Young played drums. Uh, oh my God, Dave Langeth played drums. Uh, and then I had uh, Sean McNabb on bass, Muddy, Mark Dutton, Nikki Six played bass, uh, James Lomenzo played bass, EJ Curse played bass, uh, and also Troy Patrick Farrell played drums too, got to mention him. <laughs> I had so many musicians on it, and, and that to me, that's what's fun and unique about making the record. Yeah, and you know it's interesting? You mentioned Nikki Six, and he's on the song with... Uh, By the way, with Stephen Perkins. Perkins. Yeah, yeah, what a, <laughs> what a lineup on that song, Kitewad. Great tune, but you know, you think of Nikki, and I never really think... I, I think a Nikki, the rock star, Nikki, the songwriter, Nikki up on stage, the hair, everything. But I never really think about his actual bass tone. But when I heard that song, when I listened to Tightwad on your record, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's his style. That's his bass sound. You know, and that's him. He, he yeah. has a he definitely has a unique sound. How, how do you know Nikki? When did you get to know him? Uh, so I have known Nikki since before Motley Crue. Um, Nikki used to work at a uh, liquor store in uh, West Hollywood where we all hung out and I lived. And uh I knew him when he was putting Motley Crue together. I mean, can't say we're good friends, but we knew each other. Uh, I knew him through the Motley days. Um, when they were making the record with Karabi, I was making my pawn shop guitar record at the same studio. We're hanging out a lot during that. Uh, my band's open for him. Um, but recently, you know, 
uh, the wives are friends, you know, the, okay. you know, we all have that always these, helps. Yeah. The small <laughs> circles, you know, I was out to dinner with myself, my wife, Nikki, his wife, Billy Gibbons and his wife having dinner. And we're talking about it. And I told him, I go, you know, you were supposed to play on my first solo record, but you couldn't make it. You're playing on this one. And he goes, I just got this beautiful 59 P bass. And I go, bring it on over. So Nikki came over and uh, I, you know, basically I sent him the track with no bass on it. And just, he heard my guitar part uh, and the bass, uh, the drum part, no bass. And he came over, he had ideas. I had a couple ideas. And then what you heard is the, you know, the final groove of what he laid down on his 59 P bass. Right. Nice. And that song again is, is tight wide, but I wanted to talk about some of the other songs, so much good stuff. And I hear other influences, by the way, like, do you, do you ever look like for some reason, social D popped into my head. I, I almost, are you a fan of theirs? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah Cause at Absolutely. times it kind of goes there, you know, like, and I, I love it. I love it. He has such a great guitar tone. And uh, oddly enough, I did a tour playing guitar for heart and uh, I actually used my blackface Fender Bassman through two Marshall cabinets on that tour. That was my sound. And that's what he uses, you know. So I, I have a lot of similarities guitar guitar wise with him. He's a Les Paul guy, um, but also his songwriting. It's such it's, so, it's they're crafted so well. Yeah, and I work absolutely. hard on arrangement, man. It's, it's arrangement is very important to me. Yeah, and, and you can definitely hear that on the record. Let's go over some of my favorite tunes. Sure. Uh, Wise Old Timer. <laughs> Again, just great groove on that when you say honor the the wise old timer what? honor the wise old yeah. timer that means listen to the man because <laughs> i mean you know, it's it's interesting nowadays the, the old so people there's, a, there's always yeah, the guy in the neighborhood you know if you are a neighborhood guy who's always telling you stay off my grass and well, i was in world war ii and all that you know they might have a couple gems to say you know so that song is actually a little bit about billy gimmons ah, <laughs> billy okay always has the greatest stories and if you've been around him long enough you'll hear the same story it just changes a little bit over time <laughs> you know so the story may start here and ends up here so that's really what that song is about is you know there there are some wise people out there and maybe sometimes we should just shut up and listen Absolutely. And and Billy was definitely somebody to, to listen to. I, I have a weird story about Billy that I'll just briefly share with you. I was at a, a bar a restaurant and he walked in with some king from Africa. Literally, he it was <laughs> Billy Gibbons and the and some king from some place in Africa. He walked by us. We said, Billy, big fans. He's like, I'll be back, fellas. He sat the, the king down. He ordered dinner with him. And then in between, he would run back and drink beers with us because the king didn't drink. It was the most hilarious thing. And is that yeah, that's yeah. That's Billy Gibbons. Yeah. Two <laughs> random fans he's hanging out with for literally hours. It was great. But anyways, Billy, great guy. Uh, Wayfarer, um, those keys, man. Who's playing the, the keys, the, the bluesy keyboard on that? Teddy's so zigzagging, if I oh, remember okay. correctly. Isn't he from uh, nearby there, New Jersey? <laughs> yeah, he, he, I know, I know he, I'm not exactly sure, but I, I, I do know my friend knows him. So, yeah, um, he's a New he's Jersey be, boy, yeah. born and yeah. raised. But, uh, you know, once again, when these guys collaborate with me on the records, you know, I, I kind of give them, you know, the, the idea of what, the, what, what it's about. And then I let him go. They're so talented. You let him go. And when he played that, that track, I had to change my guitar part. You know, I had to say, you know what, I'm gonna let the keys carry that track and I'm, I'm going to be the, the back part, you know, and stuff. Cause he really just put something unique and special. Granted it's my record, my guitar playing. I got to let the song be the song, you know, and those songs just kind of, 
develop as they go along. And that's just me just not getting in the way of, of, of where the song was going. Right on. Rusted and busted. I love when you, you have that one line in there. If it's broke, let's fix it. What is some of the meanings behind those lyrics? Could you talk? Well, about that? actually, that was a real important song to me uh, because at that time, uh, there was a lot of a lot of stuff out here in Los Angeles. We, we have a, a um, we have a homeless problem. And I'm, I'm going to be politically correct about this. You know, a lot of people have been displaced, you know, because of, you know, times have changed. I mean, it's hard on me. I haven't worked in a year either. And um, there's been this fine line about, you know, is this mental health? You know, you know, wh- wh- what are these real problems? And, and I just it, it bothers me a little bit that. In, in a lot of things in our society, we kind of go around the problem. You know, we, we really don't go right to the problem. You know, we're just going around it. And that's really what that song is about and stuff. It, it, it's like, you know, you know, we, we, I know people make money just to talk in circles, but let, if we get to the problem, maybe you can fix it. And that's what that song is about. Very good. But anyways, a great, great record, Gilby. The Gospel Truth, highly recommended. And I think it's a album that's going to appeal to, you know, hard rockers, but, you know, punk rockers, rockers of old school rock. I mean, it, it definitely has a, a wide appeal in my in my opinion, and Thank I'll you. be listening to it for, for a while. Great stuff. I wanted to... Uh, talk to you about playing live. Obviously we've been in such a weird time and I'm sure it's uh, affected the, all the musicians out there, but you actually returned to the stage recently, right? You did a couple of yep. shows in, in St. Louis. And how was that getting back so, on stage? So the first time we played in over a year was just a couple weekends ago. We had a couple of shows in St. Louis. It was limited capacity. The place held a thousand. They sold about 200 tickets. Um, I mean, I can honestly say that everybody was a little rusty. You know, I mean, even the promoter, you know, they they sold VIP seats when they shouldn't have, you know, where I was clear. Can't do meet and greets. It's, it's a bad word right now. You know, let's right. Let, let's just be happy. We're seeing some live music. Let's try. You know, we all want to go out and party and drink and have a fun time. I do, too. But let's do it responsibly. We're still in a little bit of a gray area right now. So with that being said, there was a lot of great things that happened at the show. And there are some things that need to be cleaned up a little bit myself. Need, needs to learn about some of these things, maybe communicate a little bit better. But it was great to strap on a Les Paul. <laughs> it was great to turn that amp up to 10 and yeah. play a song and have people clap afterwards. That felt really good because there hasn't been a lot of good feelings in the last year. Right on, right on. And just wanted to take you back. My wife and I, when we were dating, we were such big fans of the Rockstar Supernova TV show. Right on. You were, I mean, man, talk about high profile. That was like, what was that? NBC or ABC? Uh, uh, CBS. CBS. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I learned a lot during that because look, first of all, I don't know crap about TV. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, we've all done our MTV and all that kind of stuff. And they approached me when it was the first season Rockstar in excess. They had an idea that they wanted to do like an all-star band being the band when the singers came up to sing. So I auditioned. My band was myself, my good buddy, Ryan Roxy on guitar, Dizzy Reed on keys and Johnny Colt and Steve Gorman from the black crows on bass and drums. That was my band. Wow. Wow. And we kicked butt. (laughs) And after we played, we played a couple songs. They came up to us. They said, you know, I don't think this is right for the backup band for the show, but we have an idea we want to talk to you about. And that's when they called me and they said, we want to do the show. We want to create a band and then put a singer in a band. And that way, you know, it's, it's new, new, new. It's not old, old, old. 
And so that's really how it started. Obviously, it evolved into Tommy Lee and Jason Newstead, you know, but uh, it was doing the TV show for me was fun. I like I, I, like I don't know anything about TV, but I never had one person tell me what to say, what to do, what to wear. Mark, you know, uh, Burnett, who is a producer, said, be yourself. I'm not going to edit you. Just do your thing. We want you to represent what you do on TV. We don't want to write the script for you. You know, do your thing. And some of the contestants were so talented. It was, I mean, it was hard, man. I mean, they, they, uh, we were blown away watching these singers audition going, <laughs> when we started bands, we picked the first guy that said, I'm a singer. I mean, I'm right, right, the right. best one. And it was incredible seeing so much talent in one room. We were really impressed. Yeah, and Lucas Rossi, right? Is was yeah, we picked uh, Lucas. He's yeah, such a the... such a such a great guy, such a great talent, man. Do you hear from him anymore? Now, never. No, never. <laughs> I don't okay. even know where he is anymore. I mean, to be okay. honest, I don't think I've talked to Tommy in a year and a half. You know? Right on, right on, cool. And obviously, numbers are getting better with with COVID. It does look like we're hopefully coming out of this soon. Yeah. Is there plans for live gigs at this point? get out there and play. Well, the phone call that came through while we were talking was my agent. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. We're getting offers. We're getting offers. I mean, most of it is in the fall, but uh, you know, we're, it's, it's so hard because I, I I feel bad. It's like, I can't, can't say yes yet. You know, it's like, I, I got to kind of, you know, feel out the climate. I mean, it's nice to do those shows. Uh, We have a Kings of chaos show in the middle of June in uh, New Mexico. So, you know, there there's, we're going to have a couple. I just don't know if we're going to really be doing any, you know, right. actual tour ring. Right. Baby steps, right? Get back out there. Yeah. Cool. Thanks so much, man. Best of luck to you. Right and- on, Mark. Thanks for taking the time, man. Yep. Really great talking to you. Bye. Big thanks to Gilby Clark. What an honor to speak with such a legendary guy like that. Uh, first time on the podcast. Unbelievable I, that I, we haven't spoken with him up until this point, but glad to talk with him. Guys, I think we're going to have Charlie from Anthrax coming on real soon, so please stay tuned for that. That should be fun. Um, He's not on this episode, but on a future episode, maybe next week, actually. So fingers crossed on that. And let's do it right now. This is James Rivera of Hellstar here on Talking Metal. Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and we welcome back to the program James Rivera of Hellstar and so many other different bands and projects. But we are definitely going to be talking Hellstar today because there's something really cool going on, a new release, if you will, plus some older material included with that new material. James, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for asking. Oh, you bet, man. So let's talk about this. This is very cool. Hellstar has released Clad in Black. There's a lot to uh, to unpack here. Let's let's explain to the listeners what this is because there is new material here as well as older material kind of packaged together. Is that right? Yes, right, right, right. So um, this time around, what what I what I wanted to do for Hellstar is to kind of keep the name out there, uh, you know, because every time we've done like a full on record, it, you know, two years go by, sometimes three, and in this case, five. <laughs> but, you know, when right. no one expected right. to lose one year uh, due to COVID, you know, so that put everything to halt for a lot of people. But yeah, so the plan was to actually release a single. We never done that before either. And, you know, I don't know how many metal bands have done seven inch singles and this and that. 
you know, with some cool artwork and and uh, Black Wings of Solitude was on the single and we did After All as the flip side of that. And then the EP was going to put out two more new songs along with Black Wings and then three cover songs. And then uh, the, the re-release of the Vampiro album was because of the fact that uh, it came to our attention that there were some people that weren't even aware of it. And, and I think that's just because we we were testing the waters on a new label that was a new label itself. And I think that at that point is where we made a, we made a, might've made a little bit of a slight bad move on the chessboard with that idea because we just, you know, yeah. Right. And so it, we wanted it vampire and it's probably the best record we've ever done since Nosferatu, you know? And and of course it's all tied in with the uh, vampire Dracula concept as well that we felt that it needed it did need to be out there again. And surprisingly, there are st- there are people that are buying clad in black and just being blown away that they get Vampiro as well. Some right, that right. even already have it or some that never had it. And they're like, oh, man, well, I get to get that too now. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I missed that record. So now a lot of people are discovering, you know, what we did, you know, on, on the previous release. And ironically, they sort of tie in very well with where we're going with it our direction anyways so it's almost like they're almost like it's like one album in a sense you know musically but that was the whole purpose right then the new the full record will be out uh sometime in late fall maybe early new year oh and uh and those three songs will still be on the new record but with eight more new ones as well too you know right so So, it's kind of a, a look back and a look to the future of hellstar exactly and it's also my way of keeping the name out there quite a bit with you know these little these little releases here and there and also just not giving the baby uh, are the kid the full Three Musketeers bar yet, giving him a little bit at a time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and it, it's yeah. available as a two-CD digipack, plus there is some limited edition vinyl of it, and, of course, you can download it and stream it as as well. Clad in Black by Hellstar. Um, just to, I know last time we got so much into your history, I guess we'll we'll stick on this this new release for the time being. There is... Uh, an accept tie-in on a couple different levels that I, I think is is kind of cool. There's the cover, but then there's also some involvement of a former member of Accept. Can you talk about that? Oh yeah, as far as uh, for, uh, for as far as mastering and the mixing. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, what happened is is that um, the last time Hellstar got to go to Europe. Um, we did some. Uh, we did a bunch of shows with Flotsam together, but we were we uh, we actually got uh, actually scored quite a few of the of the, of the nice big festivals. And uh, as soon as we were done with our set, I'm going to the cap, you know, to the uh, catering area so I can have my dinner. And this big German guy comes and says, "Hey, can I sit down with you?" And I said, "Sure." It's this amazing show, by the way. I'm Martin Pfeiffer. He was the running sound for Udo. Udo was on the bill that same night with us and um you know and he explained to me who he was and that you know he's always loved hellstar and that he would love to work with this and i'm like whoa you know i mean that's kind of stepping up you know, right uh, yeah. as far as working with big names and producers and and you know and uh so he took me to his car to listen to some stuff that he did besides the udo stuff and i was like wow 
And then uh, he was very serious. So that's how it ended up happening is that, you know, then when he explained the whole situation, you know, I mix and then together with Stefan, we mix, we master, blah, blah, blah. And that's what's happening. <laughs> wow. So we ended up in the hands of, you know, a guy that worked with Scorpions and Accept and Udo wasn't Accept himself. And Martin Pfeiffer still does everything with Udo. And, and now we're getting rubbing shoulders with the people that we've always should have been rubbing shoulders right. with yep. years ago. And, and, um, you know, and, and giving us that big sound and, and God knows what can happen even furthermore down the road, you know? Yeah. So, and, um, and you mentioned Stefan, Stefan Kaufman, formerly of accept and it's had a long history with, uh, Udo Dirk Schneider too. So yeah, very cool. Yeah. 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 And you know, I think that, uh, we've always kind of, I think Telstar always kind of needed that big German sound anyways, because we sort of always were, you know, we were in a category that a lot of people thought we were a European band when we first came out. We're like, no, we're a bunch of Mexicans from Texas. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Great stuff. Cool. And talk a little bit about the cover art. It's very, very cool looking. I almost could envision that as like a tattoo or something, the cover art of Clad in Black. Who did that for you? Oh, actually, a really good friend of mine, John Fosum. He lives in Dallas. Well, Fort Worth. Let me get that correct. Because there's there, Dallas and Fort Worth are two different little cities. Uh, but yeah, and uh, I've known him for years, and he's done work for other people. And um, he actually was the founder. He was actually gave us our our mascot forever, which it, it was Scully. And right. Scully okay. kind of came into existence starting at Glory of Chaos. And so he's kind of been around now on all the albums, and you know, and it's he's the uh, the Devil Skull. But now, of course, he's a vampire as well, too. And he just added the fangs to him. And, and, and yeah, but he, he created Scully. <laughs> and uh, so, but he's the one who did the artwork. And what we like about it, I like about it, is that it it's kind of simple, but it's not. But it's just, it just, it, it speaks everything that it needs to speak without a bunch of crap going on, you know? And I, and, and I love that. And you're right, it would make a great tattoo. And I think I'm going to get one now that you mentioned <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There you go. And you've, you've had a long history of um, being fond of, of vampires and, and clad and black continues that tradition. It's, let's talk about the title of the album. It's kind of comes from vampire history, right? Well, can you explain where that actually comes from? Clad in black. Yes, it, uh, I can. Uh, um, basically, what it is is it. It's in Bram Stoker's Dracula, the 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 book. So when Jonathan Harker uh, went, you know, knocked on the door of the castle, and then the door was already open, and he walked in. You know, it is a, it, He's like, okay, he's there to to meet up with Dracula to do business. You know. And, you know, there's nobody there. And then all of a sudden there he is. And then and then in, in his words, he described, he goes, and then all of a sudden the strangest man appeared in front of me clad in black. <laughs> and that was the way he was describing Dracula. And then so I went further in, into detail of what clad in black means. It means dressed in black. Right. And that's the, that's a word they used back in the day. They don't use it that much anymore. Kind of a, a lost English word. But clad just means clothed in, yeah, that's what it means. It just means clothed. So that's what the title means. It's, you know, dressed in black. Right on, right on. 
Cool. And I did want to dive a little bit into your history. It's been 18 years since Passage to the Other Side by Seven Witches, a band that is, for the most part, based out of this state that I live in, New Jersey. And you were you were a part of that band and just released some great stuff. Joey Vera of Armored Saint fame oh, yeah. and, and Fate's Warning was involved with that. What do you remember about doing that record specifically, uh, Passage to the Other Side, and working with uh, Jack Frost and Joey Vera on that? Well, you know what I remember the most about that um, is that it was the beginning of me being bottle-fed to how the business really should run and getting publishing deals and all that. And Jack and Joey really put me up on another level as far as being a musician and knowing how to handle myself and how to not shortchange myself when it came to different things in life anymore. You know, it took me that long to, to really see, you know, how it was really done. But and then musically working in the studio with those guys was just amazing, you know, and I, I really. It's funny because I think that <laughs> I, I mean, and it's going to this. Yeah, and I want this to come out the wrong way. But I, I think that it, it for the first time in my life, I really felt like somebody right. went wow. with passage to the other side because it, it seemed to me like that's really where um, I got up to the next level as being noticed as, you know, a, um, a, a longstanding heavy metal singer. And then I started getting gigs left and right, <laughs> you know, so, you know, the proof's in the pudding there. So, um but that's what I remember the most about that. And here's something that's going to tickle you to death. What's that? We're doing another Seven Witches record. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. I did. You know, that was one of my questions. Would you ever consider doing Seven Witches again? And Jack's wow. already sent me the material. Wow. Right? You know, that, that is great news. Been, it's been on halt for a while. He got COVID first in, in the fall. And then I got it in March. And so, you know, but he started sending me the material. Uh, we did a uh, we did a couple of shows already reunion shows. Uh, we did the Cleveland Metal Fest uh, that was two years ago, and then we did right. seventy thousand tons. The last seventy thousand tons of metal because you know I don't even know if that's even going to happen anymore. So, but we we got back together and it's like we've never been apart, and it's crazy. And then so when we were thinking about all this new material, this record is going to be totally back to Passage to the Other Side and Year of the Witch. And um, we decided how simple and how sweet to call the record back to the other side. <laughs> wow. You know, and that's, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm a fan of that record. So that is definitely exciting news. It makes me, I'm going to have to reach oh, out yeah. to Jack and Frost and get him signed. on. It's already oh, cool. signed to Massacre. Yep. Yep. Massacre is already going to be the one releasing it. So, um, like I said, it, he's already sent me the material and I know Thomas has been patiently waiting, but you know, there's just things that happened, you know, and, uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that, you know, that's probably going to be released sometime this year is the goal for sure. Right. Right on. Cool. And I know last time we spoke, I'm trying to think when it would have been, I guess it was probably 2018. You had been doing some work with, uh, shadow keep and some really strong material you put out with them. Uh, mm -hmm. any, any more work with them? What's the status of that? I, you know, I, I think what happened with them. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, no one's ever said, oh, I, you know, or I've never said, oh, I quit the band or, but, you know, 
you know, bless their heart. Poor Nikki and Chris, you know, they have they have poured a lot of their heart and soul and hard earned money into that project. And I think that what happened is is that, you know, we we got to do a few shows in Europe uh, with the lineup and everything, and it was great. And but just I think they they they, they got too many bruises right now. They they got a lot of wounds that they're healing financially. Ah, so you know if they're going to consider doing another shadow keep record maybe who knows but they didn't get ex- you know what they expected out of it and i thought for sure that they would have gotten more than what i expected for them to, to as well but um you know it right yeah it is what it is but you know with that being said i think that i know that they the last time that we actually ever saw each other that it's like the story's not over because this is the shadow keep that they've always kind of wanted. And so now that they finally have all the missing links, um, I think doing another record would probably be, would be justice because now it's, you know, it's, it, they found what they were looking for, you know, as far as what kind of singer they really wanted all along, you know, although they had, I mean, all the singers they had were great. But I think that at the end of the day, they, they wanted more of something like what I delivered on the record, which is if you want to compare like um, as far as techniques and stuff. Now, I think the singers they had before were very Jeff Tatish and, and, and do stuff that I couldn't I don't know, I couldn't even imagine doing. But right. they were more like, no, but we wanted a James Rivera. <laughs> right. And I go, well, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I, I thought the work you guys did together, regardless of what kind of commercial success it had. It was, it was really strong and definitely recommend that people check that out. Oh, um, dude, I love that record. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and, uh, and Larry, uh, Larry produced all the vocals for that. Uh, yeah. For that I remember you telling yeah. me that. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. And I guess we'll take it back to clad in black before we let you go again. There is how many, let's see, three covers or is it two covers and three originals? Remind me. It's, it's three originals. Three originals, and right. Three, and three covers. On oh, three right. covers. So it's yep. it's the, the Accept song, Restless and Wild. You got Sinner by Judas Priest, which is yep. just incredible. Tell me what the third cover is. It's uh, After All, Black Sabbath, The Dio Years. Right, right. That was on, that was on Dehumanizer. Right on a, a deep, yeah. deep cut kind of, if you will. Oh, dude, that's, yeah. that song is just so it's so badass. I mean, it, it, it all just the, the first lyric, you know, what do you say to the dead? You know, right. it's like wow, <laughs> so so dark, and it fits on a clad in black record, that's for sure. You know, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, James. It's always great talking with you. I know we had a couple of false starts here, um, so. I canceled on you and then you had some issues that you were dealing with. So I'm so, yeah, yeah. so glad we, we finally got to oh, dude, connect you here. Yeah. Anytime, anytime, brother, you know, yeah. This, uh, it, anytime I have something coming out, I'm, I, I can count that I'm going to be talking to you. That's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to uh, reach out to Jack Frost within the next couple of weeks here. Cause I got to get the scoop from his side of the, uh, the aisle here and hear what's going on. I cannot wait for new seven witches. music. Oh, with yeah, you. It's yeah, going to be yeah. great. So, well, you know, when you, when you talk to him, you know, from now on, <clears throat> you got to call him Joaquin because that's what I call him. Oh, that's his name. It's Joaquin. Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. He loves it too. Even right. his girlfriend, when she's always posting stuff on Facebook, she's like, Joaquin misses you, you know? Oh, right. <laughs> goes, I think I spelled it wrong, but <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll reach tell, out to Joaquin. Joaquin that, uh, 
I'm listening to the material and, you know, I, I'm back to, to normal. My health is back and everything. And now, yeah. you know, I'm going to start. When did you have COVID, James? When, how, how, uh, I caught long? it, uh, right around the middle of March. <laughs> you know, now the back, okay. when the vaccine came out and all that, here I am thinking, oh, I made it to the finish line without getting this damn thing. And no, right, right. after I did a show, I did a, a small show with one of my tribute bands. And I think, uh, well, I'm pretty sure that's where I got it. Yeah. And, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I was sick, like, within two days, I started feeling, you know, kind of, I thought maybe it was my sinuses, but no, I, I was sick for two weeks and probably almost three weeks total. Wow. Okay. But and you're feeling better now? With, yeah, yeah, yeah. My girlfriend got it. We got it together. So, you know, and we're still thinking, she's still thinking, well, maybe instead of you taking all the blame, she works at Nordstrom's, you know, ah, she's a makeup right. artist. Right. And then one of her coworkers was just sent home. The day that I had the gig uh, of, of being sick from COVID. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to sure. say who yeah. brought what, you know, at that point, it doesn't matter. The point is, is we're all healthy now. But unfortunately for her, man, she had it way worse than I did. She was down for a month. Wow. And uh, she's healthy. I mean, she's a dance instructor. She's into yoga. And I mean, she's in top tip shape. You know, I mean, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, here I am, a Jaeger guy, and this and that, and right. vodka all for what, 50 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I only got sick for two weeks. Right. You know, wow. but yeah. yeah, but now we're doing good. And um, <clears throat> uh, it, it was it was very unpleasant situation, that's for sure. You know, yeah, man, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but uh, you know, excited that you're working on a lot of new music and. Yeah, we hope that we're going to have a great future where you're back out on there on the road, rocking us live. Love oh, yeah. Get, the shows yeah. are already starting, man. Good. So, man. Uh, the first two Hellstar shows are already in the books. July 10th in El Paso, Texas. Perfect. July 31st, right here in Houston. It's going to be sold out because, you know, this is our hometown. And, uh, you know, we haven't been able to support Clad in Black till you know, now. <laughs> all right. But, uh, yeah, it's all it's all gearing up again, dude. All right, James, thank cool. you so much. You have a great evening. Glad we got to connect. And then, yeah, reach out anytime, man. I'm here for you. I can't wait for the new uh, Seven Witches. I'm totally psyched. And oh, Hellstar, yeah, too. Yeah. Big thanks to James for joining us here on Talking Metal. Thanks to you for listening. Please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Leave a positive review. Those help us. They help our profile get out there. Consider tweeting about the show. Always tag the artists that you hear on the show. Let them know you enjoyed the interview. Um, you know, and support us on Patreon, man. That's that's the best way. But if you can't afford two dollars a month, listen. I know times are are tough right now. You you can definitely share our content on social media, and I'll always like it and retweet it and do all that good stuff. You mentioned me. In a positive way on Twitter, it gets uh, retweeted. And my Twitter account is at Talking Metal. All right, thanks, guys. We will talk to you next week. Have a great one. See you next Tuesday. Remember, Tuesday is Talking Metal. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.